to the football show and as you can see we've got a full compliment today joining us as ever is the man whose name is on the show Nevin good morning to you or good afternoon sorry and it's really good to have Akash back a fellow fox hello Akash how are you my friend Uh, not so well after yesterday's game. It was a roller coaster ride. I hope that we recover into the new year, but let's see what happens. Well, we'll come on to the game today, and for a start, it's really good to have a fellow Fox on the show for a change, so we can have proper football talk, unlike uh, normal shows, uh, when it's all about Chelsea and what have you. Uh, but I wasn't too disappointed with the performance yesterday, considering the team we put out and the fight back, um, but it could have gone a lot worse after the start we had in the first half. But we will talk a little bit more about that. Let's get... Hopefully, everybody had a really good Christmas. Um, it's always interesting to see how... The um, the day is celebrated back home. Nevin, for you, you you don't want to know because I was busy working. But oh, on Christmas is, Day, <laughs> I, I, I I've been doing a little bit of uh, crow comedy work this season, so it's relentless. It's just every day. So that aside, but like good food, a friend came over, a lot of good wine, so can't complain. Good, good. Um, yeah, so all that, all that was perfect. We attended the midnight mass as well, went okay. to church, but it was not a good idea. It was crowded as hell, so we sort of just went there and just came back immediately. But all's good otherwise. Well, thankfully, you, in, oh, it was brilliant as ever. Thankfully, no sport. Uh, it's one day you don't want sport because you want, it's all about the food and the family, although it's just uh, a small gathering here, but a good turkey meal and uh, yeah, a lot of wine or the equivalent alcohol was uh, consumed. And um, a day of watching Marvel films, of all things, which was good in the background, catching up with uh, that. Akash, how was uh, Christmas Day on in Kolkata? The streets were buzzing, people were out, but I, w I am too scared of contradicting COVID, so, you know, contacting COVID, so I was indoors, as you said, enjoying with the family, watching a movie, having a wonderful dinner, that's the treat for me, and that was it, pretty relaxed, staying indoors and following the protocols. Well, that is really important, and it's obviously it's affecting the football program here in a ridiculous way, I think there's a bit of favouritism going on. But we'll talk about that as well. But let's talk about the big news uh, from back home and the ISL, which we don't normally get in terms of the big teams changing their managers. Um, it was a surprise to me, uh, a big name. I think one of the longest serving uh, with a track record of winning. Um, a shock for you, Nevin? Um, somewhat, uh, in the sense... Things weren't going right uh, after a very good uh, start of the season. It, uh, it was very clear from what uh, Habas was saying uh, in post-match comments as well. He was saying that he was losing the identity. And uh, it was remarkable that he didn't go back to his identity football, which was to you know have a defensive first approach. So it was a very clear mandate. I am assuming it was a very clear mandate from the management that they wanted an attacking sort of a football. And it's not something I think Habas is best suited for. It's like asking Antonio Conte to play a different way. Right? You can't. Certain managers are, uh, you know, designed or sort of destined to play a certain kind of football. And I think with Habas, especially when he was so effective with what he did, he was asking too much. And I think uh, it was bound to happen. Maybe not as soon as what happened. And I think the entire drama was very surprising. The next day, you go after a coach that is already. Uh, coaching a club in your country that seemed like a ridiculously what do i say it seemed like very short termish and them just deciding that we can do whatever we want in this league so just going and getting another uh another coach from the league i don't even know if their new coach plays that attractive football so does it even really work in favor for them so it's, it's a very very strange uh decision but you know we've, we've seen a lot of uh, strange uh, things happening in india so I'm not, I'm not very surprised as well. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things you make that are very strange and unique to Indian football because FC Goa, let's face it, are a rival to ATK and you can't see somebody like a club going to Manchester United or something, you know, I'm trying to get an analogy. It's just uh, just unheard of even back in the day of top managers changing so, clubs. I have a few questions for it, right? One is 
why does a manager have a, a release clause that seems a little ridiculous in the first oh, place oh brendan got one yeah i mean um, i think i mean a lot of people do but like in india i i thought it was a little weird that there was a release clause attached to it and for a massive amount of money this is we are talking about like 1 crore which is uh, which is what um, normally clubs pay for indian internationals so if you want to sign a brandon or if you want to sign uh, somebody like that who who's there uh, who's a regular with international in national team that's the kind of money you, you pay and for paying that kind of money to get a coach seemed extremely ridiculous and if i were goa i would be happy because i was like i'm getting so much money here's a here's a coach who's not been performing well for them as well so it's not like fc goa has been scoring five goals every match and winning everything that's coming their way so they got to remove a coach get 1 crore rupees Uh, appoint an Indian uh, Indian uh, coach as their replacement with lesser money, of course, and the entire world of Indian football is supporting them. They're feeling sympathy for the club, so it's a massive win for FC Goa, if you ask me. Oh, I think we just got a, a cash back. Let's get him on because he's at the epicenter. I'm so glad you come back, Akash, because uh, you're at the epicenter where all this is happening in Kolkata. Uh, what's the news gone down like in your city? divided city when it comes to football it's very divided and it is divided on so many levels because the first and foremost thing is what existed in atk kolkata as a solidified unit has been you know divided into so many pieces now because a few of the supporters don't even recognize atk mohan bagan as a legitimate unit to represent that glorious history that the club has in mohan bagan so uh, the team is not getting their usual backing this season uh, and also you know the rivalry isn't there because east bengal as you all know has has barely living on you know a, a, an oxygen cylinder and the situation the condition has very poor the west bengal government has stepped in to help to you know generally on the basis of its heritage they are maintaining and funding the club but you are expecting that team to finish at the bottom of the table so uh, i really like hawas the things that he did with atk was was simply brilliant we had a dominant period throughout the initial years of the isl and he has been a proven manager to see him go when things are not going uh, in atk level i think the team should have done better because you know even in the afc tournament they did it really well and then the manager there was some issues at the, at the camp and let's say you know can't really put a finger on this issue because as as a bengal supporter it doesn't really feel all that much about the sacking but definitely with the memories that i had with atk kolkata it definitely hurts to see uh, such an influential man leave the camp uh, in this season in the middle of the season so that's always going to be a, a tough thing to you know comprehend It's interesting you mentioned um the feelings in Kolkata about the new ATK Mohan Bagan team and the fans of the traditional Mohan Bagan are not saying that they are supporters of this new team. Um that's really interesting and I'm a little bit surprised because the, the new management has tried to carry on with the colors and the badge and it's just the name but they feel very passionate about that old heritage even though the new management has tried to incorporate it in this new brand so who are they supporting now they they are not supporting they are they really have distanced themselves from their soul club they think that you know just buying it it's it's it's, it's sort of like mk dons and wimbledon but not at that level yet but they don't recognize this as, as a legitimate representation of their old heritage because they have earned they have dominated the i league for so long and uh, it's it's about their identity essentially atk group buys a club like mohan bagan is simply not acceptable by the by the ardent fans of, of the club and they see it as a downgrade because you know uh, atk was was already a championship side and uh, even even the thing has become like like a venture and and a business minded outfit which which is which is not the passion of kolkata they wanted that to retain that rivalry between mohan bagan and sbengal and both the clubs 
have struggled into this new uh, channeling into this new league and that has not resonated well at all with the fans so they are not supporting anyone at the moment though the moment you know you see the social media outlets post something there are abundant of replies and comments you know people just just disassociating themselves and telling them to get rid of the ATK brand and uh, bring the old Mohan Bagan back and if they do that, I, highly unlikely, but if they do that, I think they can retain some of it. There have, have been graffitis around the Yuvarji Stadium. You know, we drive and we see there have been put. I think we just lost you again, uh, Akash. We are not the same. We are not the same club. It's it's really sad that and it's first. Yeah, it's the first time we're getting this insight from somebody who's actually living in the city, Nevin, and really sad to hear. And, you know, it, it just reflects what we've been saying. That we don't know what the actual fans think because it's been behind closed doors. But what Akash is saying is that good job it's behind closed doors because the TV companies are hyping this rivalry up whenever they play, even though we know it's one-sided because of the levels of the two teams. But can you imagine this team in the main stadium in Kolkata playing in the ISL and the stands being not as packed as they would be. That would be a huge... I think it's a, I think it's a bad phase for Calcutta football in general. Um, and it goes to... I mean, East Bengal situation is not helping in, in any sense because they, they're way off pace and they are not a good team. And with ATK Mohan Bhagan, it's a very tricky situation, right? In some sense, ATK did come and bail them out in terms, you know, during a during a supposedly financially difficult phase, so uh, so in some sense you can understand why ATK wants their name. It's, it, they're like you know why own a team when we can't put our name on the way or whatever. Uh, if if not ATK, can we put like another brand or you know their company's name or something along with it? Right. Everybody has commercial interests, so it's it's one thing to be very romantic, but in in reality. Why would they come just bail somebody out with no profits? Uh, but like, you know, strangely enough, I've got like multiple documents in front of me and it's all about uh, Mohan Bagan's 1911 victory against uh, the British club. And, the, you know, I've just been reading a lot about it. And that's when you understand what this club means. This is a, this is a massive, massive football club, you know. For, I mean, it, it's played a big role in India's freedom struggle. Um, yeah, it's one of the oldest clubs in the world. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's it's almost like, so I'm reading the stories and it's almost like Lagan where, you know, um, for, for once, you know, they the Indians thought and, you know, they are equal to the Britishers and they, they could defeat Britishers and the training that went behind it. It's, it's a massive story on its own. So, you can understand why the fans also don't want to relate to an ATK. You know, they, they are a club with its own identity. I don't know what the solution is. Um, you know, do they go their separate ways in the future? Because uh, why would an ATK fund a club that doesn't want their name attached to it? But then how do we go about it? So I don't know the solution. I asked a couple of Mohan Bhagan fans themselves. They said, we'd rather be in uh, I think than be attached to this, uh, you know, have this ATK attached. But like, will ISL let them go? Because this is their supposed money, you know, money bank. So they don't want to let them go. So it's, a, it's an absolute mess. I think they didn't think this through. I know the last few years have been difficult. Everybody sort of said, you know, they should come to the ISL. But the ISL as a product doesn't really, you know, connect with the fans or they don't have that, you know, that process. So it feels really out of place to see East Bengal and Mohan Bhagan, you know, um, in a league like ISL, which just doesn't really connect with the people. It's closed. There's no delegation. There is no promotion. So it, it doesn't really sit well with their identity. So I think uh, it's lost somewhere there. I don't think a solution is going to come out in the next, uh, you know, maybe not even this year. Uh, but hopefully we will keep the identity of this massive club alive. Absolutely. And uh, we've talked about how respected uh, both clubs are because of the tradition and the history and the fan base, more importantly, uh, that they have. And um, it's not just in Kolkata. When those two teams played, no matter where in India or even if it was in Kolkata, the, the audience was huge. The interest was huge. And, you know, Nevin, you say that um, it'll be difficult for somebody to start up because the powers the Federation has over football. 
So I was just linking back to what Cash was saying about the Wimbledon Dons and MK Dons and how Wimbledon resurrected itself through the fan base, came up through the structure. Because in the UK, luckily, we've got a structure. You can start from the bottom and they're now in the first division, I think, uh, or the second division, the old Wimbledon, as it were. And funnily enough, I think it was this year they went back to their old ground as well, Plough Lane. What a turnaround that was. Akash, is that something that is remotely possible that the fans can resurrect the club or it's just not possible because of the powers that ATK as a business has and ISL as a business has and the federation in terms of the football structure? It will be interesting to see what transpires out of the situation when the people are allowed back into the stadium and every club gets their home stadium. The turnout of the crowd is going to be a huge factor to see and assess the situation whether supporters like the ratio of it. Uh, I think those things are going to take its toll and the eventual effects are going to be seen on the field. I think the support doesn't retain itself as, as Nevin said, you know, many people are vouching that they don't recognize ISL as a legend. It's an exclusive club of those those teams that, that play each year. There is no promotion relegation. And essentially, you make the I-League, which was the top-tier football in India, you make it as a second division, which is very detrimental to how this structure of football has been in India. And it is one of the reasons why football is not flourishing in our country and it has been a pending issue since long. And we have taken a few uh, error-prone steps, I would say, to you know, match up this situation, the, the takeovers happened in, a, happened in an instant. And you know, the one thing that connected the whole city, this divided city of you know, immigrated people, the Bengalis, every culture associated with it was you know really channeled out through ATK Kolkata, and that was one outfit that you can really get behind because that was your city. The, the whole whole state of West Bengal was rooting for it, but then you create a divide, you go with Mohan Bagan and the Mohan Bagan fans are not happy with it. You create a diverse fan base in East Bengal. So there are three parties, one ATK Mohan Bagan supporters, one original Mohan Bagan supporters, one East Bengal. So you get 33% of the supporters that you originally had in a team. So that's going to take a massive toll in, in the upcoming seasons when everything goes back to normal once again. Yeah, and it's a story that I know we're going to come back to because, like I said, like everybody said, uh, the the reputation both clubs have, and uh, we'll see how that pans out. But just going back to the ISL, I saw a couple of tweets from, uh, you know, Nevin was saying the the link isn't there between the supporters, but I do believe a few Kerala fans find found the love of the game in the past week. Uh, Nevin, um, it's been a hell of a week for the Blasters. Starting with that incredible result against the City Group. Yeah, you know what I predicted it. So it's it's strange that you know we were having a conversation in a WhatsApp group, and people were saying, "Oh my God, look at the three fixtures. Kerala Blast is going to struggle." And I said, "Like seven points. Absolutely not believing that they can actually get the seven points from it." But it so happened. <laughs> it so happened that uh, you know it, it did turn out to be seven points, and I did predict a red card for um, Mumbai City. That also happened. So. People are now calling me Paul the Octopus. <laughs> but that aside, I think uh, Kerala are looking like a very good side. Uh, they don't have like exceptional footballers, but they are working together as a unit. Uh, Sahal has found his uh, golden touch again. He's scoring a lot of goals. I've been very uh, surprised. I mean, I've been like pleasantly surprised with how the forwards have sort of worked together. The likes of Cabra. Um, I think the central midfield is something that really doesn't get a lot of attention, but I think in Putia and Jitsen, uh, they've had like a very good, hard-working um, central pair as well. So it, it's, it's a good side. I don't think we should jump the gun and say they're going to you know, challenge for the trophy or anything. Uh, but, you know, sometimes in ISL, that is all it takes. It's a small break. So, you know, five, six victories and, um, uh, you know, not losing. I think Kerala hasn't lost a match in its last seven games. So, so I think that's a good streak to be in. It's very similar to what uh, Steve Koppel managed, but I think this is slightly more entertaining than uh, when it was under Steve Koppel. But it was very similar for Kerala back then. They wouldn't concede a lot of goals. They would make it like 1-0, 2-0 and things like that. So, 
Um, hopefully, all's good for Kerala, and uh, they can continue this moment. And Akash, I mean, uh, Kerala did beat Man City, but I would say Man City, Mumbai, <laughs> Mumbai City, three uh, 0 But I think that might have been a bit of a blip. But also in terms of um, the City group itself, do you think this is now finally coming? And we said it in a couple of shows with Nevin that is it coming to fruition in the ISL? And this little bit worries me. And this might be because of the Saturday or Christmas Day I had, and the collection of the Infinity Stones. Because, you know, Man City, the, the Melbourne club won their A-League, New York City won the MSL, uh, Major League Soccer, and Man City on track to win the EPL. You know, is this something that we should be worried about if one city group wins titles across the world? It's a tried and tested methodology implemented by the Manchester City group. It's happening even if we don't like it, even if it creates an imbalance in every league, but they are trying it, they are purchasing teams left, right and center and those two groups in, in Melbourne, Australia and in the MLS, they have been uh, self-sustaining for a long time and it was coming and if, even massive influx of money in any league is going to give two results. Even, even uh, I think a team like uh, Mumbai City will eventually very well with that money because ultimately a team like Kerala Blasters, who we have seen, you know, go to the finals in the first uh, first season of the ISL and then hit a new low and then struggle, 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 and now they are climbing back up. And they are doing it in a very organized way. They are avoiding defeats. I think, as Nevin said, in the first match, they lost to Etika Mondala and then they have, you know, kept the matches which were out of their control in a stalemate and won whenever possible to cause upsets. And I think that's a very, very, very organic growth of a team. Uh, I would be happy to see at least a few of those sides challenge, challenge the city-owned groups because otherwise, yeah, they are, they are they are dominating football in every country, and that's not not a, not a good side to behold. And it, well, we'll see. I mean, it's we'll talk about the EPL and whether the title is almost over in the next uh, part of the show. But um, Nevin, just finishing off on the ISL, I mean, there's Mumbai City are there and, you know, looking really good despite the couple of the results. But unusual names in following them in the uh, playoff positions and we're nearly at the halfway stage. Do you see any of them being able to keep those positions? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping at least one or two does. Uh, I quite like, uh, I, I, you know it for yourself, that I'm a big fan of Owen Coyle. Um, he sort of won our hearts. I remember our discussion before he joined and it was like, what, what are we thinking and all that. And he sort of become now the go-to manager in India. Uh, so I kind of like what Jamdipur is doing. They're playing to their strength. They're not like a, uh, a team filled with a lot of talent, but what they have, they know how to use. So I, I'm really hoping Jamshedpur is in the long, uh, is in the run. I I want Kerala to be there simply because of the fans and what it can mean for the league itself. And Chennai has been, uh, despite that uh, uh, southern derby loss to uh, Kerala, I think uh, they've also been quite resolute at the back. And we need these styles, right? It, I keep telling it, it, football is not just about playing, you know, a lot of goals and a lot of. Um, um, tricks and stuff like that. It's also resolute defending and putting your body out there. And Chennai have been doing it quite well. I think Vishal Kate is having a poor season, so that's not really helped uh, as a, as a goalkeeper. But otherwise, I think they're, they're a decent side. So I, I I expect them also to be in the run. And so and then obviously the likes of Goa, ATK, and Co have the strength in them to keep challenging. So once uh, i don't know how much goa can do it considering the seasons been very topsy turvy but i think atk should be back in the uh, run very soon so it's, it's a lot of teams and um, I, I think isl will be extremely unpredictable going forward as well um, we saw Odisha play a yeah. few really good matches so they are also there good things so very interesting season yeah absolutely and Odisha have had a bit of a blip but um, you know they're not losing too many, but we'll see how they uh, play the second half. Akash, I know we had, um, when Leicester won the league, uh, the example of Aizol, I think, was given roundly in India in terms of the equivalent. Could this be the year when an outsider wins the ISL because of 
the other so-called top four teams like ATK, FC Goa, Bengaluru not having this normal season? Very tough to say because, again, Mumbai is right at the top, so it's going to create uh, problems, but the gap is very narrow, two points now. So, uh, it's hard to judge because all the things are happening right now. Mumbai lost a game against Kerala, which we usually don't predict. So, it, it is going to take a lot of blips to that, that to transpire, but one can only hope. Well, absolutely. And it'll be interesting second se- uh, second half of the season as well. Um, Nevin, just to end, do you think there'll be hugs and high-fives between Juan Fernandez and the Goa players because they've got, they've got a reunion on Wednesday? I don't think so. I don't think anybody at FC Goa is particularly happy with what has happened. Um, even though I keep saying that they should be happy because, you know, at the end of the day, they got a lot of money and money is really hard to come by in Indian football. So, um, if I were FCO, I'd be pretty happy if the so-called figure is true. Nobody knows whether they've actually paid one crore for his services. But uh, but I don't think there's a lot of price. And I think maybe Goa is going to be like super eager to yeah. sort of prove that they, they, they are a very good side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but something else to add to the pot. It'll be interesting on Wednesday as that match goes. Uh, turning to European football, let's start with the draw uh, for the Champions League that was made. Two draws, in fact, because they didn't like the first one. Uh, but uh, two draws. Uh, Akash, um, I know you follow Spanish football. There's one big club missing um, for the first time forever. Um, but uh, a big, big name in the draw, PSG against Real Madrid. That's going to be a hell of a game. I think uh, the first draw had better better teams pitted against each other, but uh, yeah, we have to go with the second one. So I think very easy fixture for Manchester United, and as you said, the highlight remains in, in, in PSG versus Real Madrid. Uh, it, it it had to happen because you you can't feed Ronaldo versus Messi in the, in the first round. So you know we we, we find ways around it. So Messi gets to visit Real Madrid Santiago Bernabeu once again, and the fans will be absolutely buzzing. I know Barcelona is not there anymore, and uh, you know the downgrade of Barcelona is a really, really concerning thing for me because I do like the team, I do support the outfits, but whatever happening in Spanish football, it's it's sort of a worrying sign because either you you we literally have. To Three teams representing Spain at the top of their team, and uh, losing out Barcelona in that run doesn't, you know, resonate well with the league. Uh, Real Madrid again. Uh, the team hasn't. The team shouldn't be doing this well. Considering have, but Carlo and Chilotti has gone and has. Karim Benzema, you know, in the, the recent season, he has shown what he can achieve without a front man and, you know, not feeding balls to a, a player like Ronaldo. He has flourished on his own, he has matured. And I think a very interesting match because PSG, you expect them to win all the games, but they haven't. They have they have, they have uh, hit some some sort of roadblocks in every, every tournament they are in. So it's going to be fascinating, and I wouldn't be surprised if Real Madrid somehow upsets the the All Star team of PSG. Yeah, and it'll be a lot. I mean, this is what Pochettino's been brought in um, for uh, to win the Champions League. Um, he might be signing an early contract to join United if the re- result doesn't go his way in this round of 16. But just uh, just a side note, uh, Akash, you probably noticed that um, if. Um, I think it was Warsaw had scored that last-minute penalty against Spartak. We would have been playing Barcelona in the knockout stage of the Europa League. Um, it, it would have been you know, one of those things. We'll have to wait until we play them in the Champions League in a couple of years' time. But in terms of uh, your boys, you must be happy. Again, very lucky, Nevin, with the draw. Yeah, we've got the same thing in two draws. So, I think it was destined to be Lily, I think... Uh... Somebody had already fixed everything <laughs> to ensure that it's it's the same thing. But you know, at the end at the end of the day, I think uh, 
once you reach knockout phases of Champions League, I don't think there's an easy match. I know it's a very cliched saying. Um, on paper, yes, uh, you know, a couple of days will be a few weaker. But these are knockout matches. Something can go wrong on that night and suddenly you are trading 3-0, 3-1 and all that. We've seen all that kind of drama happen. So, um, and Chelsea's not been playing to their full potential. I know Lukaku's back, but uh, it's still a very, uh, you know, a lot of injuries here and there. I think Kante and uh, Chalaba picked up uh, injuries last night. So, uh, even Diago Silva picked up injuries. So, tricky. But since it's in February, hopefully Chelsea will have some time to recover. And they should, on paper, be able to beat Lille. But yeah. you never know with these things. I'm not sure they'll have time to recover. They've got a couple of Carabao Cup. Uh, we decided we didn't want to go into the semis. So, we lost that deliberately. And... Um, <laughs> because of the fixture congestion. But Chelsea have got a couple of tough games against Tottenham. They will have to field a top team because of the rivalry between those sides. Uh, but the other games I'm looking forward to, which will be really good, is Madrid against United and uh, Milan against Liverpool. I think Milan will give Liverpool a test. So plenty to look forward to in February. But in terms of um, the uh, Premier League, are we back to the uh, well, so-called Big Six? Akash. Akash, are you back? Akash, can you join? Yeah. Akash, can you hear me? I think he's he's having yeah. internet problems in Kolkata. Yeah, let's wait for him to join. Let me ask you, um, while we wait for Akash to come back, um, we'll need to have a word with the... the here he is, he's back. Uh, let's see if we can get him back on. Akash, you back? I don't know what the problem with my network is today, but yeah, I'm back. Well, the main thing, I can see the collage of pictures behind you on the wall. That's the main thing. As uh, long as that is clear, that, that's okay. Um, and can you hear me or you, have you frozen again? I think he's frozen. Let me ask you while he sorts out his internet, Nevin, in terms of the top six or so-called top six. Are we back to normal? Define what is normal. Uh, normal is seeing the two, three London clubs there with the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool. Well, it's top seven now, I suppose, isn't it? So, um, yeah. what do you it's, think? It depends on, like, um, you know, do you still see Arsenal Spurs in that top six category or do you think they are no longer... Uh, you know, they should no longer be featured there because I mean I like what I see about Arsenal, but then I also get this feeling that uh, not you know a lot of top coaches have given them a proper uh, you know it's not like Arsenal has performed really well against top teams, so it's it's going to be tricky. Maybe once uh, uh, right now a lot of teams are extremely depleted, so you can't really judge. Uh, based on the squads uh, these teams are taking on these days. I know Arsenal's also, uh, you know, have their own uh, casualties. But, you know, something about it doesn't, you know, I like I like what I see about Arsenal. They're playing fearless football. There's a lot of youth involved. Uh, I like uh, Smith Rowe. I like Saka. A lot of these players are, you know, showing their potential. But I still feel it might be a little too early to expect them to, you know, challenge for top four. But definitely a good team. Uh, I just, I think the the coronavirus spreading like this is not was not, I think something that people had preempted, and that is really affecting the balance of a lot of sides as well. So you see that you know even good teams will probably take a beating in in January, February, especially with the Afcon also coming in. So um, I think it's too early to draw any conclusion. I think end of January is when we will have like a fair idea of how this league is shaping up. Yeah, but when you see the progress that Arsenal have made and Tottenham have made under Conte, um, although I have to say Kane should have been sent off again yesterday. He should have been sent off last week as well. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, a very, and, it's getting really ugly. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll come to refereeing because uh, the pinnacle was the Carabao Cup, Liverpool versus Leicester. That was the pinnacle of the worst refereeing I've seen for a long time. Uh, but Akash, I don't know if you can hear me, but I was asking Nevin whether you think because it seems like the West Ham bubble is busting, if it's not already bust, that the top six has been, the traditional top six is being restored. 
still missing. I can see him, but I can't hear hear him. Can you hear me, Akash? Can you hear me? I think he's freezing. The internet is is letting him down. Uh, but we'll carry on. Yes, we need to have a word with the powers that be in Kolkata. Um, but in terms of um, Chelsea and um, the blip you've had with a couple of draws, uh, because even top teams, when they're following Man City, you know you can't afford to drop points. Any worries for you? I know you mentioned Lukaku's coming back and um, the missing players, but they're they're not having the best of times at the moment in the Twitter. But I think it's really down to Chelsea missing N'Golo Kante and uh, Matteo Kovacic. I think once they are on the field, they are an entirely different side. I know everybody talks about uh, the impact Lukaku made yesterday. But let's not forget, Kovacic came in and he sort of started running at defenders. He just dribbled past a lot of players and playing those right passes. So, um, I, I think if Chelsea can have Kante and Kovacic fit, for at least 80 to 90 percent of the remaining season, I think they will still be in the title fight. Um, I know Liverpool and uh, City are playing really good football, so it's not going to be easy. Any blip, any sort of say in a normal season in say 2000s or even the 90s, this should be completely fine. A two draws here and there wouldn't really affect your title charge. But the City is like a machine; they, they, they can score 95, 98 points every damn season, so you can't afford any mistakes and. And to be fair, you know, Tuchel is still a new coach, it's still, you know, a relatively new side with a lot of new forwards. I think uh, maybe this season is too early for Chelsea despite the money they've uh, invested in the last couple of seasons. But I really think they have the potential to keep challenging. So it could be like an 85 plus point season for Chelsea, even if they don't win a title. So I think that will be seen as a good uh, uh, because I think considering where uh, Chelsea have been finishing in the last few seasons in the 70s and the late 60s, I think to get like around 80 plus points would be seen as a, a massive improvement. If they can challenge for the title, I don't know. Uh, it will really require City to implode a little. But, uh, it, it, it won't help Tuchel's reputation, which is slightly growing here in the sense that he's a cup manager rather than the league manager. Um, so if it's not close to Man City, I think the pressure for next season will be huge uh, because of the outlay, simply of the outlay of the money. But then how do you come to that conclusion that he's a cup manager based on half a league's performance? He did win the league at PSG, so I know it's not much of a task winning a league at PSG, but they did win. And at Dortmund, he was never expected to win the league anywhere because it's Bayern Munich. So I think it's sort of unfair to say he's not a league manager. But uh, I think November, December has been a little tough for Chelsea. And I think we have seen that Tuchel is also a human, that he is also prone to all these uh, you know, mistakes. And, and uh, he, feels very, sort of... he, he feels very let down by the Premier League in terms of some of the yeah. other big clubs having their games postponed. Liverpool have had another game postponed tomorrow, I think. Which seems, which seems incredibly unfair. So, what is the basis of this? So, you know, how can Did... some teams... This it is what everybody's no asking. They should say, you need this number of fit players to play. If you have, you play. If you don't, you don't play. I mean, the excuse they've given for Wolves and uh, I think it's Liverpool tomorrow is that injuries and COVID. Well, look at the injury list Leicester have <laughs> got. It's ridiculous. And literally every other team has the same problems. And uh, it's been a uh, stressful season as well. So, on top of it, there are other injuries not related to COVID also. And... Even if you recover from COVID, a lot of people lose a lot of body weight. A lot of people, you know, struggle to make comebacks. It's just, and you are encouraging a packed stadium, um, but then you you have a separate bubble for your youth team, so you can't get them, or you are other, otherwise exposing your entire youth team as well. It's just an absolute mess, and I don't understand. They should have just shut it down for two weeks. Yeah. Let people just you know isolate and let that. You know, Christmas high sort of ends and starts season again. I mean, traditionally, traditionally, Christmas is a big time for football because the fans, you know, you, you get sell-out crowds. Uh, our game on tomorrow night against Liverpool, it's a tradition. Boxing Day is always at home. Traditionally, there was no coronavirus. Right? Yeah, exactly. I think this is a unique time, uh, but they're not looking at that. And I'll be honest with you, for the first time ever in my life as a Leicester supporter, I was glad the Tottenham game was cancelled. 
because of the COVID situation and Leicester's, as, the, as in the city's reputation for not being always at the best, is the first time ever I was glad a game that I was going to was cancelled. And we've just lost Nevi um, Akash out there. I was just going to... Here we go, he's joining. So he comes in at the right time, actually. Akash, we keep losing you, but you're coming back at the right time because I'm moving the conversation on to proper football now in terms of our boys. And um, I've been following the WhatsApp messages in the group from back home. And um, I know that you're sort of generation, and uh, but a lot of anger. Uh, but I asked Nevin this about expectation and uh, as a club of Leicester size, whether we should be hoping to win at Manchester City. Manchester City really was a game that you can't, we, we cannot expect to win at this stage due to the massive difference of structures that are not going to that the moments, I would say, uh, the second half performance, especially because that gave us a uh, hope, which doesn't happen often. And in, I remember in, in last season uh, in the Premier League game against Liverpool, we had that same kind of momentum in the, in the span of 10 minutes, and we just completely turned around the game. And yesterday, it was looking to looking magical like that. No, but again, you know. Oh, I think we're having more problems with the Akashi. Oh, he's, 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 he's really struggling in Kolkata. But let me just ca carry on with the Leicester City talk. Because yesterday when I saw the team, it was pretty much a C stroke B team that we put out yesterday. And when it went to 4 0 at half time, you know what Man City usually do. They score another four in the second because they never let off the pedal. They keep the foot on the pedal. And um, the way the boys came back was really incredible. And with that team as well. But the game against Liverpool, I mean, that referee should never... I don't know if you saw the highlights, because I don't expect you to stay up that late to watch a Carabao Cup game playing Liverpool playing Leicester. Unbelievable. The tackle on Pereira was the red card. Jota clearly elbowed Thomas. That should have been a red card. The penalty by Firmino, he stopped. And Michael called it out. And I... It just, it just beggars belief, the standard. And the questions here were whether the referees in England are now... Because obviously, if you, I don't know if you know this, or you probably do know this, and we talked about it, because no referee from England was good enough to go to the last World Cup. There's no way there's going to be a good enough referee to go to Qatar next year. Absolutely no way. The standard, and it's... I don't know if it's... And they were talking about it, whether VAR is playing on the minds of the referees. But then VAR is letting them down as well. Because you're getting the same referees who are doing the match days sitting in the uh, uh, the, um, the control room, making the same... But they have the same standard. It's so frustrating it's, it's a, as a fan. It, it's, it's a problem of, you know, you bringing in technology, but still relying on the decision to be subjective. It can't be. It's very fairly said. But I know a lot of ruckus was created about maybe a toenail offside or like a you know, uh, a stand of your hair on the offside. But if the rule is a rule, that has to be like fixed. Now, the problem here is that if it touches your hand, make it a handball. I know it sounds ridiculous, but we have to do something. The moment you make it, is it deliberate? Is it obstructing? Then it becomes subjective and forever we will keep seeing these kind of, you know, dubious calls and it will always favor the bigger teams. You know, it will always favor the Liverpool, it will always favor the Manchester United because I think we are all humans and you kind of tend to, you know, support with the more popular ones, with the more fans. I think whatever, I mean, however neutral you want to be, I think all these things will creep in. And that is the reason why you to go to technology, to take away this this natural bias that we have in ourselves. But then you use technology to see it and then make your own observation. It makes makes no sense at all. I've seen multiple penalty calls just 
it's just ridiculous what is being given as a penalty and what is not. Sometimes they they'll just say, okay, it's not deliberate, but it's really obstructing uh, the ball's path towards the goal. So, okay, I mean, maybe it's not deliberate, but if it is obstructing and if it is a little away from your body, it is a penalty, right? And I've seen multiple cases like this. Some of these fouls are not called foul because it's soft. Now, what is a soft? Well, if you look at if you look at last week's, uh, Robertson was sent off, and I thought that was a red card. But then, Pride and the um, the referee went to the. He was told to go and see the screen on the side, and that made up his mind. But the Kane one, I mean, that was much worse, in my opinion, in terms of his um, intent. If, if, thankfully, Robertson was, you know, managed to sort of made it. Jump. He was on the air. Yeah. That was a broken leg was, for certain. Yeah. If he, if his leg was on the ground, I think that's that's his season over for sure. Perhaps even career. It's that bad. And then you also, I think that match was filled with a lot of errors because I thought um, Liverpool scored in a counter, of which I think Dele Alli deserved a penalty. Again, how are you going to say it's soft or not? There was a deliberate push and he was about to score. That, that's a penalty. Now, you can't say it's soft and the moment you add these adjectives and, you know, relative terms into decision making, then you will never get the decision right. There was a push, that's a penalty. That's it. I that, think you can't it was... The, one of the worst weekends for refereeing because the other highlight was uh, the Man City goalkeeper taking out um, who were they playing? They t- he took out a player in the penalty box and anywhere else oh, yeah. else it was a yellow card and nothing was given. It should have been a penalty but the referee just didn't it's just unbelievable And Even even yesterday for Chelsea's match I mean it, it didn't really matter at the end of the day So Lukaku's on goal he's about to shoot somebody tackles and it's a yellow card I mean, for like entire, like everywhere I've seen football, there's a red card. Not that I want the player to get a red card, but it's a blatant challenge to prevent a goal scoring opportunity right in front of the goal. It's a yellow card. Now, where is the consistency is what we're asking. There is absolutely it, it is shocking. City, City were lucky against both at Wolves, I think. Yeah. Like a very lucky penalty happening. It wasn't a penalty. Uh, it, it's just... Uh, it is shocking that in Europe, I mean, we have the Euros here, obviously, this year, and everything went really well. The VAR worked, everybody was saying it was quick decisions. In Europe, it doesn't seem to be a big deal. They seem to and be it was it. one of the best tournaments to watch. I think a lot of people forget it, because I think the referees were making it really seamless and very good performance. I think it just improved everybody's, uh, you know, it, it improved our consumption pattern, it improved people's experience at the stadium. It was just a very good tournament. But one thing I've learned, I'm not going to throw any stones at uh, Indian referees, especially because <laughs> I'm, I'm living in a glass house here and it's ridiculous and it was so annoying. And uh, I think with the Indian referees and what is happening right now is just ridiculous. They are going to Instagram pages and abusing the hell out of these referees for making a couple of bad decisions. But Indian referees, they're not even paid. I earn. That's why I said. Than yeah. yeah, I earn more than what a, a referee who is like the best in the country is earning. And that's just ridiculous. I, do, I don't have the qualifications to be earning as much as him. Oh, the referees here are very well paid. Um, yeah. And the one thing I want... And they I, don't get football. They don't get to, uh, you know, officiate a lot of matches. Hmm. Do they have like uh, exposure tours that is afforded to others? In fact, that is why you want to invest. Get these young coaches, get these young referees to travel. No, that's exposure. That's what will really uh, send you know, them out to uh, camps and what have you. They do happen. Uh, they do happen, and um, I've seen many coaches as well, not just referees, come out to Europe from other parts and even from Europe to England and vice versa, uh, just to learn. Uh, but it's it's ridiculous how in England the technology is just not help making a difference in the final. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I probably not my right to say this, but I find English referees a little arrogant. Yes. Like, you know, they're just like, I'm right. I don't care what you think. And and then they follow it up with that, you know, one, you know, the other referees are running throughout the match. I feel they are just a little uh, not up to pace with the football that is happening in English Premier League. I don't know what is the exact reason, but I feel them, I found them to be a little like, you know, we are right and nobody can question us. And, uh, well, that's the thing. That really... That's the thing. Nobody can question them. And one thing I really don't know why it doesn't come in. They're professionals. They get paid really well. After a game, they should be put in front of the media 
uh, to yeah. justify some of their. Uh, Media might be a little too much, but at least no, they no. need to answer to the FA or whatever. Well, then he'll be another closed door thing. I think has to be transparent and open, and just like managers, players, everybody after a bad game, tough game whatever comes out and speaks to the media i'm not saying straight on the pitch but afterwards when they've had time to get changed or whatever you know they have one uh, interview straight on the pitch or after the game and then the media have another uh, session don't they afterwards um it should be something like that for the referees because at the moment they're getting away with absolute literally i was going to say murder but you know in the in the football sense uh, but at least that spices up the game tomorrow night against Liverpool. And I really hope, I mean, I shouldn't say, but I really hope Jota plays because um, he, he, he's not going to get a good reception because I don't know if he saw his celebration after his penalty, but it's ridiculous. But it is what it is, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, another couple of weeks of great football um, in terms of uh, what we saw in the ISL with all the goals continuing to go in. Uh, the EPL is now, well, it, I don't know where it is. Some games get cancelled on the day. Some get cancelled. We'll see what happens. But a lot to look forward to in 2022. But the main thing is that I'm going to look forward to speaking to you, my friend. Uh, it's been another fantastic year. I'm not sure I'll get to speak to you before uh, the new year comes in. But I want to wish you an uh, incredible 2022. You've been amazing this year. And a really good friend. So, you do, brother. You do. Uh, and everything you, you do. Uh, wish you success, my friend. But you so I'll speak to you in the new year. Take care. Bye-bye.